Hey, history lovers, I'm Mike Rosenwald with Retropod, a show about the past rediscovered. In the early 1980s, a week before Christmas, a woman walked into a supermarket-sized store in Tyson's Corner, Virginia, and became so dumbfounded that she started talking to herself. Where's the robot, she said, and the hairy monster? A Washington Post story that recounted her muttering did not say she was delusional. She was simply overwhelmed by a store that had become like McDonald's, an American institution. Toys are us. What we are is a supermarket for toys, founder Charles Lazarus once told the Post. We don't have a competitor in variety. There is none. Of course, many other toy dealers would eventually come along. Target, Costco, Walmart, Amazon. But back in the 1980s, and for several decades before, Lazarus was right. Nobody could compete. The Toy King, headlines called him. You might remember one of his advertisements. I don't want to grow up fun. Toys for us kids. They got a million toys and toys for us that I can play with. The Toy King never aspired to the throne. He was a cryptologist, of all things. After serving in World War II, Lazarus returned home to the nation's capital, hoping to start a family. Like his father, the proprietor of a bicycle shop, he wanted to start a small business. Baby furniture seemed like a promising entrepreneurial idea. GIs wanted to settle down, and wealth was rising. So in 1948, at the age of 25, Lazarus opened Children's Bargain Town, a store below his father's bike shop. Business was brisk. Parents soon began asking a question over and over. Where could they buy toys? Well, Lazarus was crafty. He started selling toys himself. One day, when a parent came back to buy another toy, after the first one broke, Lazarus had an epiphany. He might only sell one crib to a family, but toy customers would keep coming back. Lazarus also had a hunch that there would be a baby boom. Here he is talking about it in a documentary. I did anticipate to some extent. I had no idea where it would go to. I thought there would be a baby boom. I had no idea of the size of what the toy business can be. Big, very, very big. Lazarus got out of the baby furniture business and exclusively into toys, renaming his store, soon to be stores, several times before settling on Toys R Us with the R spelled backward as a gimmick. Supermarkets were his model. Long aisles, products stacked high, variety. Big enough to get products at discounts that could then be passed on to shoppers. The Toy King could play rough too, especially with toy makers. He demanded exclusives and early releases. He made them advertise not just for their own products, but also for Toys R Us. With his technology background, Lazarus set up a computerized inventory system so he could monitor every product sold 
and what needed to be restocked. Lazarus embraced change, especially video games, which brought adults who didn't have kids into the store. There is an increasingly fine line, he once said, between where adult begins and child ends. But here is where this toy story turns sad. In the 1990s, as other chains and big box stores got into the toy and video game business, Lazarus lost his iron grip on the industry. He retired in 1994 and watched as the country tried to regroup, refocus, and realign those inevitable buzzwords of decline. The company was eventually sold off to private equity firms that load companies with debt while trying to turn them around. It didn't work. Online sales, the even greater growth of video games, rising real estate rates, all of it conspired to sink Toys R Us for good. Last March, Lazarus died at age 94, just a week after the company announced it was closing all of its stores. But for millions of kids and parents, there will always be memories of packed Toys R Us stores in the days leading up to Christmas, the frantic race for that last Cabbage Patch doll. Even though the store opened up two hours ago, you can still see a very long line wrapped around the parking lot, all the way around the structure here. I'm Mike Rosenwald. Thanks for listening. For more forgotten stories from history, visit WashingtonPost.com slash Retropod. The Washington Post has a new daily podcast, Post Reports, hosted by me, Martine Powers. Every weekday afternoon, we're bringing you stories about the state of the country, the world, and how we come to know the things we know. Get it now at WashingtonPost.com slash Post Reports.